And welcome back to Pace the Nation. Back again for another week's broadcasting from Studio 1A in Clarendon. I'm your host, Chris Farley. Alongside me is Joanna E. Russo. Joanna, what's up? Chris, it's good to be back. It is good to be back. Finally back. Finally back. Uh, and also to, to my right here is uh, our other co-host, William E. Docs. Docs, what's up? Joanna, I haven't seen you in a long time. I know. Well, there's a story that goes... <laughs> There's a there's a there's let's a knock the down that story. fourth wall yeah. right off the bat. We are back. We are back together. I'm happy to be back together in the studio with my two co-hosts. We haven't done this in a in a while, except for earlier this afternoon when mm-hmm. we uh, when we recorded the show that somehow I didn't record on my uh, computer. It was a save issue. It was a saving issue. I saved it on the. I guess I saved it on the thumb drive, but it didn't save the AIF file. Mm-hmm. And uh, the audio so, file was lost, right? So we do uh, have we do have the whole structure of the program, right? right. Which is great. Right. Uh, we just don't have any audio. <laughs> so that that was a a real dagger when Docs texts out to Joanne and I and said, uh, "Wake up and get over <laughs> to the studio so immediately." Here we, here we are. Five thirty is going to come real early for Joanna because um, that's obviously when you do your run. But uh, I thought it was. I thought this show was uh, a difficult one to get in, despite the fact that we recorded earlier and then that didn't actually record. You had a problem getting into town, even. That's true. I mean, so Th- this whole weekend has just been riddled with difficulties. A comedy mm-hmm. of errors. Yeah, it has. So yesterday, Docs and I sat down with a very special guest, and we'll get into that. But you were in traffic, and you were supposed to make. Uh, the the interview, but uh, what happened on the Jersey Turnpike? Well, I was just recently informed that perhaps I should not have been on the Jersey Turnpike on a Saturday around 11 o'clock because that's when all the shore house turnovers uh, happen. Okay. I didn't know this. That's probably my wife told you that, huh? Yeah. Yeah, okay. It was a valuable piece of information yeah. that so. might have helped me before. Yeah, she should call <laughs> you on Friday and give you some advice. So how long did it take? You said it was like two miles for an hour or something like that at some yeah. point? So I waited. Um, it took me two hours to get over the Delaware Bridge. And so for in, in a one-hour span, we went two miles. Wow. It was pretty brutal. I left my parents' house at 10.20 in the morning, and I got into D.C. at 6.56. Wow. That is rough. Well... P.M. I, di- I didn't even... <laughs> I don't... You know, usually I want to make this... Uh, podcast look seamless, like we're going from one thing to the next, and it's just mm-hmm. one... You know, full, one broadcast that is... You, you want the whole pro- podcast to be chronological, yeah, too. That is, yeah, so it's just chronological and seamless, but there's no hiding behind what happened here. <laughs> you, were, you, were, you, you couldn't get in town, so we... <laughs> well, we could, we could have, we, like, because we interviewed uh, Robert yesterday. Yeah, we interviewed Robert Galanders. We're going to get to that interview in a little bit. Well, I was just going to say, we, we could have just, like, right before we introduced that, like, Joanna could start coughing, right. and then, <laughs> like, that. when she comes back, she's like, sorry, I, I, I couldn't speak for, for uh, an hour. Right. <laughs> we could have done that, but yeah. that, that would have been too obvious, so... Uh, then we record- well, I'm just spitballing. Right, I can come up right. with a better idea. Give so, me some time. So here we are on Sunday night. It's past nine o'clock, getting close to ten. Um, and we had PM. Reco- PM. Yeah, we had recorded uh, earlier today, and again that didn't it was go. some of my best stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I had great jokes. I nailed all of my jokes. Go my timing was perfect, it. and I told a great story. I summed up. You 
went on and on and on about our first topic for like 15 right. minutes. I summed it up in one concise sentence, which I forget. <laughs> you did. Now, uh, so we'll try to recreate that. Docs, do your best to recre- recreate that. But I just want everybody, if I if I don't, I just want everybody to, to imagine that I... Just give him props. Yeah, yeah I, did, he, I did much better. He did a great job. Uh-huh. But a lot to get into today. Like, like we said, we're going to sit down and talk to uh, Robert Galanders. He's... Uh, Physical therapist, he's the guy who got me healthy. He's at Sports and Spinal in D.C., so we had a cool interview with him. Uh, we're also going to talk uh, a, a, a kind of controversial, uh, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm not sure if we should really go over this topic, but we're going to do it anyway. Uh, Nick Simmons versus the USATF. Well, we're going to get into that a little bit, and we'll explain what we're talking about there. I also did a run on Friday with Kevin Hart really cool um i didn't run with him just me but it was kevin hart and a thousand or 1500 other folks in dc uh so that was a really cool experience uh we've got an exciting announcement to get to and we also got the the tweets of the week so a number of things to get into yeah, on, on today's program i just want to give a big thank you to robert for treating your injury because uh, Farley's constant droning about his sore toe was killing the show. <laughs> yeah. So now that we have that business out of the way, we can talk about important stuff Thank like you, Robert G. Uh, Nick Simmons versus right. USATF. So let's get into that. Uh, Nick Simmons versus USATF. So Joanna brought this to our attention. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you and I had known about it, but she's you know she's kind of the resident track nerd on the on Where, the program here. What what brought your attention to this? Um, so I, it actually, there was an article in uh, the New York Times about Nick Simmons' case, I guess, with the USATF. So when it was in the New York Times, I thought we should probably talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, and for people who don't know, Nick Simmons is a professional runner. He runs the 800 meters. He's a multiple, multiple, multiple-time Olympian, and he's sponsored by Brooks. And for people who didn't know, Joanna reads the New York Times. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that should be obvious. <laughs> yeah, so explain to us, Joanna... Nick Simmons versus the USATF. Well, and it's not an official court case okay, yet, sorry. but uh, yeah. no, I said it first. But um, so Nick Simmons runs for Brooks, and he has qualified for the world team. And uh, USATF uh, is Nike puts in a lot of money to USATF to send all of our American athletes to the world championships. Now, how much how much money does US or uh, Nike put into USATF? Um, so they they signed a contract recently where um, until twenty forty they're putting twenty million a year into USATF. Wow. Okay. So it's a big sponsorship. So Nike requires, uh, you know, at Worlds, all the uniforms and warm-ups and things will be Nike. So they require the athletes that make the world team to wear Nike, whether or not they are a Nike-sponsored athlete. Mm -hmm. And since Nick Simmons is sponsored by Brooks, he did not want to sign the contract saying that he would only wear Nike apparel until it was clarified um, what team-sanctioned events were, because that's what the contract says. You have to wear Nike at team-sanctioned events. So he wanted to know what those were. Um, And then I guess the document that Nike came back to him uh, trying to describe or USATF uh, sorry yeah USATF and they're kind of interchangeable probably in the discussion here USATF Nike I mean they're almost they're they're really in bed together which is kind of an uh, an important part of the uh, uh, kind of the discussion here but yes USATF came back with a with with an answer and it wasn't very he didn't, clear. Yeah, he didn't think it was clear yeah. um, because I guess at, at previous worlds he said that he um, he was having coffee in a hotel wearing Brooks and he was asked by USATF officials to take off his Brooks stuff. So he was like, well, is that a team sanctioned event like me having coffee in the hotel? Right. So it's not totally clear what is and what isn't team sanctioned events. 
I, I, I guess I would, you know, I, I guess these athletes can wear their their uh, sponsored brand running shoes, so he can wear running shoes from Brooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, everything else should be Nike. Is is the way I understood it. And again, you know, Julie ran the Olympics in 2012, and uh, she had sort of the same sort of uh, contractual. Uh, deal with ASICs, and she, and she wasn't able to to be represented, or she wasn't able to represent ASICs for I mean even two months I think it was. So, um, you know I understand it's frustrating, but um, you know I, I, I'm interested in your take on uh, the Simmons versus the USATF. Where do you fall on it, Joanna? Um, I think personally, I I. USATF wouldn't really exist without Nike, right? Nike's putting in sure. a lot of money. So right. Nick Simmons probably couldn't go to a world team without Nike's help. Right. Um, and his his relationship with Brooks doesn't suffer because he's wearing Nike apparel at Worlds. So, you know, I think he should run at Worlds. But I do see his argument of things, um, which is that he's he's sponsored by Brooks. Like Brooks allows him to train and, and go for his dreams. And then when he is in front of the world stage, when um, people who don't follow his progress all year long get the opportunity to see him, he's wearing Nike. So they don't know that he's sponsored by Brooks. Unless they're a track nerd and follow track and field like I do. <laughs> Sorry for calling you a track nerd. I don't know if that's appropriate or not. It's that's in her fun. profile uh, on Twitter. I think my Twitter says okay. professional running, running nerd. nerd. That's yeah. where I got it from, I thought. Okay. All right. Well, I understand where he's coming from, um, but I also want the audience to understand uh, that Nike, you know, does put in the $20 million every year, and these athletes would not be able to travel to places like Beijing or London or wherever the World Championships or the Olympics were held for free if it wasn't for Nike. I mean, so that's sort of my issue with him. I mean, Nike is uh, supporting the, the, the sport and they probably get very little return on their investment. So, I, I mean, I would be careful to kind of, what's what's the cliche to cut off your nose to spite your face? I don't know if that applies here or not. I love cliches, but <laughs> but I think it, it I think it does. Well, I think Nick Simmons also, um, this is a smaller issue in, a, in the larger argument in track and field, which is, is it wise to have one company have such a controlling share of track and field? But the th- the point is that the, the Nike pays for the national team events, and when you go to the Olympics, when you go to the World Championships, those are national team events. Mm-hmm. Because those are team events, if you want to be on the team, you have to follow the team rules, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And if you want to run in any of the other events, any other in any other years, any other months, then you can have your own uh, sponsorship. But if you want to be on one of these teams, you know that you have to be sponsored by the team sponsor. And, and that, that's a great point. And that's sort of my issue with Simmons here is that he knows the drill. I yeah, mean, he's uh, he's he's like an eight-time world Yeah, qualifier. he knows the drill. I mean, I, I know he was sponsored by Nike before, but I, I don't know. I think there's a little bit of the, grand, grandstanding here. I, I think so, too. That, I mean, the other thing I'll say is that if if you ask for clarification on something – and in his case, he's looking for clarification on what qu- what qualifies as a team event right. and what doesn't qualify as a team event. And if they don't give you the clarification, clarification, great, move on. And then when you're in the hotel and somebody asks you this, you just say, well, this is not a team event, you know? 
Like if if they're not defining that, then then you say cool. Then I'll get to make up my own rules. He says that somebody was bullying him right. uh, and and saying this. Just have a grown up conversation with him and just be like, well, I don't think that this is a me getting coffee is not a team event. But uh, when I'm at the track or when I'm at practice, I'll definitely be wearing my Nike stuff. And and that's that, you know. Well, what about his argument that in other sports like uh, you know baseball, Bryce Harper is sponsored by Under Armour. But he has to wear majestic because that's the on-field brand. Okay, but th- that's different because, um, it, like, because I have heard these, him use that sort of argument. These these arguments don't qualify. Talk about uh, the basketball players who play in the NBA, right. who then go represent the United States in the Summer Olympics. Talk about uh, soccer players who play in in various professional leagues around the world and go play for the World Cup. Those are teams being; those are players representing their national team. That's the uh, analogy. Right. There's no analogy to a guy who goes and plays for the Washington Nationals who pay his salary. That's true. That's that's a, and that's a different thing. Representing your country and your country's team is different than representing a professional team. And in this sense, I would argue that USATF slash Nike does pay Simmons salary because they are flying him out there. They're giving him a free trip to Beijing and paying room and board room and, and, board and, and everything, everything like this. Everything else to, to, to make that trip possible. And, so. and when you think about it, maybe a Nick Simmons or a Matthew Centrowitz uh, is making the kind of cash where um, or has the kind of contract where – uh, their sponsor would send them over there. Right. I guarantee you, not everybody on the track and field team going to Worlds has the uh, the means or the sponsorship right. that might necessarily pay for that, and then they're going to have to raise those funds. And, and we had Kerry Gallagher on the show uh, four weeks ago, and you know, I don't think that Wassell or New York Athletic Club would probably pay for her trip over there. She's probably very happy that Nike is investing twenty million dollars a year into. Uh, the USATF. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if I want to put words in Kerry's sure. mouth. No, no, uh, no. Or, yeah, or it's probably not the business I want to be in. Either. Or Wazel or, or NYAC, but but uh, certainly I would say with the hundreds of people that are on the track team uh, that qualify for Worlds, I only assume there's a hundred. I don't know how many events yeah, and, and stuff, but uh, the, the number of people that are there, there's just as many. Actually, there's. Way fewer people making a an honest living just off of their sponsorship. Sure. A lot of people have to subsidize their their income, uh, working a second job, and just to make ends meet while they pursue their dreams in track and field. They're not all lucky like Nick Simmons and and uh, you know can can fund it by just their sponsorships or right. just doing uh, just just running just as a professional runner. I I know Julie would say representing a national team is a privilege. Not a right. So yeah, I mean, this this is what I said before is is you know what it takes if you want to run in the Olympics, yep. and if you if you know what it takes to run in worlds, and if you if you're not comfortable with that arrangement, don't don't go to the national championships or, or decline the 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 invite. And again, I would be very careful, you know, trying to uh, take shots at Nike, who put so much money into the sport, and. I would argue is the reason why people can make money as a professional runner. I mean, ultimately, that's that they're the ones who who set what the salaries are. If they take the money out, I you know, yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough for these other companies to to try to come up to those same levels. They'll just undercut and and lowball these athletes. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I know, I know what you're saying a little bit there, but but uh, I'm okay with with somebody questioning the system. Right. I, I know people have made analogies to the 1970s when uh, the original Nike crew went up against the uh, IAAF. Joanna can tell that story because she knows all the details. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as a local track historian. Yeah. But I, I don't think that analogy uh, works either because they were controlling what everybody was doing outside of those meets as sure. well. Um, I, I just think it's different. But I think at the same time, I think that it's okay to question things. I'm just not sure that, that uh, I, I feel like Nick is making a bigger deal out of this yeah. uh, than needs to be made. I would, I would, I would agree. Um, well, the advantage of us botching the earlier podcast today is that the decision was supposed to come down today and i don't even know what the result of the decision is he going to run worlds or not i actually did not look this up today okay. <laughs> I, so, I didn't look it up yeah, no, i don't no, actually care yeah, about this no no fact checking <laughs> <laughs> all right so four minutes ago it looks like nick simmons tweeted that uh they're going to announce the beijing teams tomorrow my guess is he'll probably be on it is my guess i don't know yeah, can't wait. <laughs> um, Sounds like we're... how how was your run this week with <laughs> with Kevin Hart? Oh, uh, good transition. Um, yeah, I had a great time this weekend, and we were just talking about Nike and all the money they put in. They did a great job this weekend sponsoring and putting on this event with Kevin Hart. Was Nick Simmons there? No, he wasn't there. <laughs> believe it or not, I think he was training in Portland um, uh, or grandstanding I... somewhere. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. Uh, what were you going to say, Joanna? Oh, I was just going to say that I think he lives in Seattle now, but that's oh, really sorry. not important. <laughs> sorry. Stalker. Uh, no, I had a great time this, this Friday morning uh, at 7.34. I don't know why it was 7.34. I know why. Why was it 7.34? Oh, so um, I can't believe you don't know this. Yeah. Um, at the University of Oregon, when Bill Bowerman was coach, he would always have team meetings at 7.34, 8.02, because it begs the question, why 734, hmm. why 802? So people would show up on time. All right. That makes sense. Well, he got people to show up on time. It's probably 1,500 people out there. Uh, and, and him is, is Kevin Hart. Uh, really cool event. And I actually videoed him before the, before the fun run, the, before the 5K fun run. And I'm going to play that now. It's not about who finishes first or who finishes last. It's about us all finishing the 5K. That's what it's all about, okay? The one thing that I do after I finish, I personally stay until every person crosses that finish line and I high-five everybody. That's my, that's my thank you as you come in. I will not leave until everybody crosses. We take one picture in the beginning, we take another picture at the end. Uh, I got to give a shout out, man, to my partners, man, Nike, Nike One Club for being a part of this. Please make some noise for them. The event has gotten so much bigger and so much better now that they've been a part of it. Raleigh Health is here giving out the amazing health tips to give you whatever you need to know. Uh, more importantly, a shout out to Washington, D.C. This city looks like we put I'm not sure what our count is, but right now I'm, I'm guessing that we may be approaching that 1,800 people. This is a lot of people right here. I can count people. That's a talent. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 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 
If you see somebody stopping, if they bend over and it looks like they're about to quit, your job is to motivate that person to finish. The same way I motivated you to get out here, you motivate whoever's next to you to do what you're doing and stay with you. We're a team today. Hustle Hart, Team Hart. We out here. So, do you guys watch, have you seen any Kevin Hart movies? No. No? What, yeah, what's he in? Get Hard? I don't yeah, know. He was in that thing with Will uh, Ferrell. What, kind, with, wait, with what Will kind, Ferrell. kind of an actor is he? <laughs> no, he's a comedian. <laughs> he's a little, he, you know who Kevin Hart is, right? He's, he's like five, Well, now I see, I foot, see him. Yeah, I've never right, seen him before. Five foot five, five foot, yeah, he's a short guy. Really athletic dude. Uh, he's, he's in... He does. Uh, I guess he's, he. I think he sold out the Verizon Center. And he's a stand-up comedian. Stand-up comedian and, he's he's and quite movies. successful. Yeah. Um. I think he flies on a private jet. Props <laughs> to him. I mean, I. So I guess he's just kind of organizing these fun runs with Nike and just getting people out to who are most of the people out there are probably first-time runners and first time doing a 5K. Um, he's got a couple of co-sponsors with Nike and Rally Health, which is, you know, teaching people how to eat correctly or eat healthy. And he's just out there to get people out, and he's really genuine and authentic in it. And I was really impressed. So I am going to watch Get Hard this week. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you don't download the wrong one. <laughs> and, and whatever else, he, whatever other movies he's got. Uh, so I'm I'm a big Kevin Hart fan. I ran it. Um, and he high-fived everybody at the end. I got a high-five from him, and he literally did. He was there. Uh, he said he got in at 3 a.m., a couple hours of sleep, and headed out to the Georgetown waterfront and you know, did the, uh, did the run with, with 1,500 of his closest friends. It was awesome. But how, like, how did that work logistically? So they, they did it in waves. So I was actually in the fifth or so wave. You didn't politic your way into the top Some, wave? Somehow I didn't. It's ridiculous. I'm usually, I'm usually good at that. I don't know what happened there. But no, I was in the fifth or sixth wave. So they let 50 people off at a time. And he was in the front. Nobody passed him. He had a, uh, a, a number of bodyguards around him that were also pretty good runners. So um, Did they close down the streets for this? No, they didn't close down the streets. It was just... Uh, it was j- just over the uh it was on the trails uh it went a little in arlington and you know when they cr- we crossed the bridges it was on the side trail of the of the bridge so it wasn't shutting down traffic um or anything like that it was just kind of a, an informal fun run and they let p- 50 people off at a time and um i wasn't able to make my way up to to him and his group unfortunately but, but you got a, a high time. five i did get a high five so i was very thrilled with that and I'm a big flag waiver for Kevin Hart now, so it was his it biggest was, fan apparently. <laughs> but I, I don't yeah. understand why. Why did he pick DC? I don't. So get he's it. been going to like you know some of the bigger cities across the country. I think he's done Chicago. I think he's done New York, Boston, probably Toledo. <laughs> Probably not. I was going to say LA, but uh, uh. no, just big cities where he could get critical mass and people out and. I think, like I said, he did the, uh, a show at the Verizon Center that night. But he's really into fitness. I've seen him do like, you know, play basketball games on you know NBA like All Star Weekend or something like that. So, uh, but I didn't know he's into running. So I'm uh, I'm pumped he's into running and pumped he got a lot of people out there. I wish I had like Pace the Nation business cards, stickers, yeah. stickers, yeah, bumper stickers. I could. Um, that would have been a good yeah. time to do that. I know that's that's too bad, but a great event. So I was glad to do that on Friday. All right, Joanna, I know you weren't able to join us uh, for the interview yesterday. I'm sorry about that, but we had a good time sitting down with uh, physical therapist 
uh, at Sportin's and Spinal, Robert Galanders. So we're going to play that interview next. Pace the Nation. We're broadcasting now from a remote location in Washington, D.C. I'm here, Chris Farley, alongside me is William E. Docks, and also we have a very special guest, Docks, actually broadcasting from his house. I'm not sure if, we, if he wants us to tell the listeners exactly where he lives, but it's Robert Galanders, PT extraordinaire. Robert, what's up, man? How you doing, Chris? Doing good, man. Thanks for um, inviting us over to your house. I'll, I'll let the listeners know we're on the uh, Gold Coast of D.C., and I'll leave it at that. Right across the street from Rock Creek Park, right? Great running spot here, man. Uh, you moved here a, couple, or a year ago? Yeah. A year ago, he's got unbelievable running trails. Uh, I usually do my long runs. If I'm not doing them with you, uh, or if I'm doing them with you, I'll do uh, long runs out here at Rock Creek Park. Uh, I'm sure you've gotten a lot of good use of the trails here since you moved here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> can't go wrong. I mean, actually, we should make a big plug for Rock Creek Park. It's 100 and – I mean, what, they're celebrating a special anniversary. I, sh- I should know that. No, but. no, no. It, it, it's 100-some it's years old. Um, we'll, we don't really fact-check on, on this show, so that's fine. Okay. That's that's fine. But I, I do know it's the third oldest national park, which is something kind of cool. And, um, yeah – Valley Trail, you know, Western Ridge Trail, you can't go wrong with those trails. It, it, it is a great spot. We've talked about it on the show a number of times before. Uh, Docs, we got to get you out here, man. You, um, you know, I, I got to get off the concrete. <laughs> I know. Um, Be good we, for your IT it, band and your wrists. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. you, wonder, you wonder why I'm hurt all the time. Um, well, Joanna's not here. Uh, she she uh, is is making poor decisions missing, with, her, with her driving. Yeah, right now. So that's fine. We'll uh, we'll, we'll check back in with her uh, later on. Uh, but we are here with Robert Galanders. He's with Sports and Spinal in Washington D.C. He's a physical therapist. Uh, you work at an orthopedic clinic, but we'll get to that in in, in a second. You're also, um, I'd say, a pretty big runner. Um, you and I train together pretty fre- frequently. You've run an Ironman. You've run marathons. Um, you've done, you know, I've done the, ultra the, marathons. I've done the Crystal City Twilight numerous City times. Twilight. I've bagged that thing yeah. numerous times. So how did you get into – how did you first get into running? Good question. Uh, I, I guess, like a lot of people, I was just running around as a kid. I grew up close to an elementary school in the neighborhood of Mantua in Fairfax. There you go. So we would go. I mean, this was like the free range days where <laughs> literally my mom had a cowbell. We lived on a cul de sac, and she would ring the cowbell at the end of the day when dinner was ready. And otherwise, we were out running around. And I spent a lot of time playing soccer. So I guess that's when I first. Uh, started running and when I got into high school my sister had already started running and so it just sort of um I don't know I I didn't have I, it definitely was not based on talent I will <laughs> tell you that right. but she was into it and so it was sort of a natural fit in high school it was when my mom you know returned from the dark side of 
being a smoker right. into a runner. So she was running marathons at that point. And um, so, yeah, it just was kind of uh, got into it. Yeah. And, and you ran it. Uh, he's he's. He, he went to high school docs at O'Connell High School. He was an O'Connell Knight, I believe it was. Oh, yes. Star yeah. Trek member uh, for the O'Connell uh, Knights. Then went to Denison, and then you swam at Denison. You didn't run there, right? Definitely not. And yeah. swimming is – I use that do, – do you have a sort of a, a sound effect for air quotes on the podcast? We do now. We're okay. going to find one. <laughs> How about just the old clown horn? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Sounds great. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, you can um, you can sort of witness to this that yeah. um, on the collegiate level, all athletics are totally different than in high school. And so I went out for swimming and did that for a while. Um, but it just was it got to be too much. I, I was I cert- my idea of uh, the college experience was not just training and studying all the time. So. Um, it's funny. We got into a lot of cross training, mm-hmm. um, especially in the early season, doing a lot of biking, doing a lot of running. And so when I stopped doing swimming, um, I just kept going with those things and um, came back to swimming here and there. But, uh, but you know, swimming is one of these grinding sports. You yeah. Know, you really just get beat to a pulp. And so when I took a break from that, I, I, I literally – when I came back to it, I'd, I'd swim laps and I would stop in the middle of the pool just because I yeah. could. You know, <laughs> I didn't have some clown yelling at me to sprint to the finish. So Don't blame you. Yeah. Uh, well, you, Docs, as you know, um, when Robert was working with me when I was injured, um, and I'm, I'm almost, I'd say, 100%, and we'll talk about that in a moment here, he told me that I, I could do an activity like swimming. I went and swam, and I think I told this on the show before too, I went and swam a couple laps and decided, uh, you know what, Let's do the aqua jog thing. I don't know if that was much better, but uh, at least it didn't have impact on my foot. So props to you for getting through swimming at Denison, man. Um, and we'd like to get a background on our, our, our guests and um, you know other things other than running or, or your job, obviously. And you said before the show here that you were actually a DJ at, at Denison. You know, Docs, this is the second DJ, college DJ we've interviewed. Yeah, it's, this show is a magnet for college DJs. So Carrie Gallagher, who is on her way to Beijing, was also a college DJ. No well, yeah, what, wow. kind of, what kind of DJ were you? Uh, geez, actually two types. One, uh, so I had two shows. One was a reggae show. And uh, if you're reggae. familiar with uh, Bob Marley's album, Kaya, the first track is Easy Skankin'. So my show was Easy Skankin' <laughs> with, with uh, my my dub name was Bobby G. So right. that was Wednesdays. And then Fridays I did a show with a couple friends. Not so different than what right. we're doing here. Just hanging out, listening to good music. It sort of brought in the weekend. So it was, was it reggae music or was no, all it all kinds of... No, it was just everything, you know. It, it was more like Robert Palmer. That We came into Robert Palmer, I believe. Yeah, and that was Nick a, and Sally from the alley. Yeah, yeah. so that was, a, that was a Galander's pick. Good pick. I hope uh, Joanna's dad is a fan. It's not meatloaf. No, it's not meatloaf. He, yeah. Joanna's dad loves meatloaf, and we haven't gotten meatloaf on the show yet. But one day, one day, one day. All right. So you um, finished your days as a DJ. Realized that was not going to be your your uh, full time career. When did you get into? Well, no, go ahead. Let's back yeah, up. Yeah, go ahead. I feel like it, yeah. I wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't be you're right. You're writing a story that's not true, Farley. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Because the other side note, which I think you'll get a just a hoot out of, yeah. was when I wasn't doing the DJ thing, I was in a, 
male acapella group. Which Were is, you? Is, yeah. So, <laughs> See, I, didn't re- I had no idea. So if this show needs me to make a sound effect like a doo-wop or a bow-bow-bow, <laughs> I'm your guy. Funny enough, that hasn't come up in conversation at any of our production meetings, but if it does, we'll call you. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see who's the next acapella singer to be on the show. Nice. All right. Well, man of many talents here, Docs. That's, that's, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. Good uh, point. Yeah. I mean, say we got the Crystal City Twilight or we need somebody <laughs> to do the national anthem. Right. Exactly. Definitely don't want me doing that because I can only do that. You need three bow. more friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, in all seriousness, he is the man to go to uh, in D.C. if you're a runner. Uh, now, do you only work on runners there at Sports and Spinal? No, we take all comers, Chris. Okay. Thank you very much. But you know, really, it's it's. Uh, I I joke with people that I work with professional athletes because they're professionals who are also weekend warriors, and mm-hmm. you know, and that's actually it's funny, but it's very true that I think a lot of people struggle with training and then going to work and sitting most of the day, yeah, or sitting all day and then trying to train at the end of the day, and I think after years and years of that, it. it uh, it takes its toll. I mean, common things that I see in the clinic with the runners that I work with are issues with flexibility, issues with strength, and, you know, a lot of those things I'd, are certainly not helped by sitting at a desk all day long. See, Chris, he's saying I work too hard. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, it's funny he, you bring that up because exa- that's exactly what you said. So I came in with, uh, I don't remember what you called it. It was metatarsalism. I know he didn't diagnose you as working too hard. <laughs> no, he <laughs> yeah, didn't right. You sleep no. 11 hours no, a day. But he did say that I probably was <laughs> sitting and not stretching enough, which I think was totally accurate. Um, so I had the metatarsalism, whatever it was. And uh, <laughs> what is it? He's laughing. What's it called? Yeah. Too bad no, it's not a video <laughs> podcast yeah, yeah. because the, uh, the reaction. The professional is. Yeah, is trying to say this. No, it's just it's just sort of a, you know, people come in and it's like they've got the <laughs> blank, blank, blank. It's like people will come in, they'll be like, hey, how are you doing? What brings you in? And they're like, I've got the pan- the plantar fascia. And I'm like, okay, yeah, most people have plantar fascia. Yeah, oh, you have plantar fasciitis. Yeah. That's that's Al Michaels' fault. Yeah, that's right. Because Al Michaels, always, he's, all, he's out with a knee. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, right, exactly. right, right, right. So you were out with a, yeah. with a toe. With a metatarsal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. With a toe. But uh, a lot of my issues, and again, of course, I bring the show back to me, and let's talk about me here and my injury, which I'm very happy to say I've been running regularly every day again, so thank you, uh, G, sure. for that. Um, it was a simple fix, really, and I've got, a, I've got the, 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 the tool that actually helped me in my hand, and you know, it's terrible because it's not a video show, but right. it was. <laughs> yeah. I've got a lacrosse ball, and he recommended me using this lacrosse ball. And I think it's made all the difference. Right. I think there are lots of things like that, little, you know, tricks. And you know, in this day and age, you know, there are lots of useful um, blogs out there, lots of useful advice um, that people write about their injuries and what's worked for them and something like that. There are lots of little tools. Everybody knows the foam roller and the stick and, um, and such. But, you know, these are ways um, – that people can just help to take care of themselves. And, you know, D.C. is a great running town. We all know that. Uh, People love to work hard, train hard. And I've always felt in the clinic that if I could, uh, you know, get some of this 
advice out to people you know most people can stay just like you have you have a long history of staying healthy and running probably as much as anybody um it's not probably not because you're doing these things but uh, but but the potential to stay on the right path with doing some of these prehab kind of things or you know self-massage as i man as i gotten older seriously it's uh, and i don't know docs if you stretch as much because you and i are the same age but as I've gotten older, and I guess probably recently, this is really what's uh, probably the reason why I am doing some more stretching. It was just simple calf stretching mm-hmm. and just rolling that lacrosse ball underneath my, my foot, and it literally made all the difference. You know, the, you know, the problem is, is like, it, I know that I need to stretch. I need to uh, do the strength training. I need to do the running. Yeah. Uh, and, and then when I get busy, like you were saying, you know, you're working too much. It's easy for me to eliminate the stretching. It's easy for me to eliminate the strength training, you know? You say, okay, I have time for one thing today. I'm going to go for a run, you know? Yeah. And, and every time I get into that pattern, I always get hurt. Every time. Uh, I don't really learn lessons. Right, very yeah. well. No, it's tough. I Not mean, I, I talk about this stuff all day long. And, um, you know, what I try to – I try to help people to come up with a schedule that works. And so a lot of times I'm trying to give them as – as little as possible to do so that they can be consistent with it. And I'm trying to tie it around their day and say, Hey, here's a great stretch. You can just do a couple times a day during the week and focus on this on the weekends when you have more time. So yeah, I think that's, that's a challenge for everybody. I don't think most people come to me and say, Hey, I know I should do this, but I'm not going to do it. They usually say what you did, which is, Hey, I'm busy. It's like, if I'm going to prioritize, usually the, the running takes the you know top priority but um yeah i try to get people doing things at the office um and because they you know it's all about a routine basically you know it's like dental hygiene it's like you don't think about it you just do it at the start of the day end of the day um and that's it so um you mentioned the word prehab uh i think that's a good good term to keep a lot of our listeners healthy how, like how long do you recommend i mean is this going to take us you know, thirty minutes to go to do a day to an hour, to ten minutes. What? What? what do you yeah, think? I mean, I think that if again, I think it's about consistency. I mean, use dental hygiene as a mm-hmm. as a good benchmark. I mean, you know, you got an electric toothbrush; it runs for two minutes. You know, you floss your teeth; it takes a minute. You swish some mouthwash around. Right. I mean, you're done in five minutes. I think for this kind of stuff, if you had a ten minute routine. You know, I think that's great. I mean, I, I what I like to have people do is learn a, a, you know, a set of exercises that are concise and targeted and just rotate through them and just say, hey, I'm going to do this X number of times a week. Stretching takes a little bit more time, but I really think you can, once you learn the right form for stretching, you can uh, multitask, right? I mean, you can, geez, talk about the foam roller. I mean, you could be watching your, you know, episode of, American pickers and be rolling <laughs> on the uh, foam roller while you do it. Now I came in with a toe um, <laughs> to use Dox's analogy of what uh-huh. Al. Mi- I mean, I don't even think people know who Al Michaels is. You you never give our credit or any credit to our listeners at all. All right, it's Al Michaels, insulting fame broadcaster. Uh, you said Dan Deerdorf. I would say <laughs> yeah, probably they don't know who Dan <laughs> Deerdorf true. is. Good call. Al Michaels is the guy who said, uh, do you believe in miracles? That's true. He's a yeah. Hall of Fame broadcaster. broadcaster. Yeah, play-by-play guy. Uh, I think he's on Sunday Night Football now with Chris Collinsworth, who's 
you know, Chris, people Chris, don't know. Chris Collinsworth's daughter runs track at Harvard, oh, yeah. which is pretty cool. Um, so is her neck as long as? <laughs> no, I don't, no, it's not Merton Hanks's type yeah. of neck. Now we're really going on people that we yeah, know. I was going to say Merton Hanks also. <laughs> yeah. For the record. All right. Anyway, so I came in with with my problem with the metatarsal. What are other typical injuries people come in with? Well, you could say as far as runners go, I mean, fifty yeah. percent of all runners usually are breaking down with knee pain. So anterior knee pain, meaning front of the knee, lateral knee pain side of the knee it band being a common structure to get irritated that's is that been that, ailing you yeah and that's docs? what docs is and that, I, that's yeah, what i, I wanted think, to get into um i think uh I, well i think i have like uh well i'm not sure uh, so this kind of might be one of my questions too great was was uh how often do people come into your office and already self-diagnosed <laughs> uh, <laughs> careful don't 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 kill the shoot people myself who, yeah, in the foot. Yeah, 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 um you know, fairly often, but I, I like that. I mean, I like it because people are, you know, I want people to take an active role in their recovery and, and doing research um, says to me, hey, they're taking this seriously. So I would rather somebody come in and say, hey, I think it's this because um, that's a common question that I ask people. I, I personally, with the experience that I have, I've been doing PT since 97 Um the history is is key for me. So if there's going to be something I dwell on, it's just going to be talking to people and really understanding the problem, especially when it comes to running. Usually there's a an event, and people might not be aware of what it is. You know, it's a change in shoes, change in terrain, intensity, um, you know, mileage, whatever it is. But So I really want to dwell on that and try to figure out what's going on. Um, as it relates to self-diagnosis, I mean, the question that I ultimately get to is I say, hey, what do you think's going on? Right. I, I deal with people who have been injured before. You know, they might have had a stress fracture in the past, and I say, well, hey, is it like that? You know, I mean, I guess I look at it like, hey, I might see somebody for an hour at the most, you know, 90 minutes during a, a week, you know, because I might see them a couple times. I, I might evaluate them. It takes me an hour. So they're living with this problem all the right. time. They've got lots of data points, and so I defer to them as to, you know, what's the quality of this pain like? When you think of the classic textbook overtraining scenario, usually that person comes in and says to me, hey, I've got IT band syndrome on both sides because the body is just broken down. So when somebody comes in and says, hey, I've got it on one side, I really want to know, okay, why? I mean, mm -hmm. they have a past injury of their ankle and that changes the mobility so it's affecting the knee is it they have a history of sciatica on that side is the, is the you know i think one thing i see very commonly uh, is people having um issues with their back which is influencing the strength of their legs and that that's what causes them to break okay down. you just diagnosed me <laughs> this only started last sunday so i've only had it for a week it was it was at the end of my long run on sunday and I think I had either a, a hip problem or a lower back problem. Mm -hmm. And then I've I've tried to run a couple times this week, and I think now I'm developing an IT band problem because of the initial thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's. I think that's actually a very common thing. You know, the way some of the hip muscles work, some of the hip flexors actually attach to the thigh and then attach directly to the back. So um, the psoas muscle, if that gets tightened, it's really going to restrict – your mobility, it's going to restrict how much your leg 
strides behind you. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, uh, you know, immediately when your stride's off like that, it's just a matter of time before it influences something else. So. And so how, how long till I can start running again? <laughs> that's probably the oh, yeah, question. That's the second most common question I get. That's one of my favorite scenarios. When people come in, it's Monday, and they're racing mm-hmm. a marathon on mm-hmm. Sunday. Right. And I'm just like, okay, what do you, what do you want to do, do here? It. I think at that point, do it. Oh, yeah. I think you told my little out. brother that, yeah. which, was, which was great advice. I mean, it ended up being the, the best advice for him. He just needed a little bit of assurance that he wasn't going to like – Long term. A leg wasn't going to fall off or something. Yeah. Well, I gave him a roll of kinesio tape, and I just yeah. said, hey, you know, do both your eyebrows <laughs> and around your knee, and if something goes wrong, I don't know you. <laughs> the eyebrows, that's why he didn't do the eyebrows. That's the reason why he had problems at mile 20-something. <laughs> I knew it. Why I knew he broke four hours <laughs> yeah, he, the opposite way. He, yeah, he would have. He would. Yeah, exactly. He would have broken four hours in the positive sense, but he didn't do the eyebrows. That's so you have bad. a history of people going for sort of benchmark times, and, yeah. and, and often – What's your track record there? I mean, yeah. percentage wise. Percentage wise, I'm not a. If if you're going to come to me and say, "Help me get to a a, a benchmark time," uh, I'm not your guy. Or <laughs> my percentage isn't very good. Or you're just so positive that you have them reach to an unattainable goal. I do. That, so whatever actually. they did is nice. much better than they that, would have. That's true. So what if his what if his goal was like to run five hours? Yeah. Well, I told my brother that he should, and he's going to run this year again. And, I told him he should break 3:30 at at this point. It is I've looked at all his half marathons and his 5Ks, and the marathon's obviously a different animal. But uh, so he's hopefully going to get in shape and gun for that time this year. But I'm sure he'll run 3:30 point, you know, uh, two seconds or something like that. So then, if you want him to really break 3:30, you tell him, hey, 3:25. That's true. You've Good got 3:25. Well, he's and he's bringing this up, and we're going on a tangent because, of oh, course, right, right, I, right, right, right. I have I have told I have told him as we've trained together. I think Robert can run about 2:55 or better, and for whatever reason, he's just tickling the 2:55 and hasn't gotten there. You know, uh, but it actually comes to a different point, which is. You know, one of the things that's on my CV is being the physical therapist. I mean, yes, to many runners in D.C., but to the Farley family (laughs) as well. I mean, I've treated pretty much – the exception is your mother. Yeah, it's true. I mean, she is one resilient woman. And it makes sense because raising you clowns – Four Farley's. Yeah, I mean, she's (laughs) got to have some chops. That's a good call. My dad now listens to the show. He'll enjoy that, and and he he knows that's true for sure. so I was hoping we'd get Docs on the table and have him diagnosed, but it sounds ping like... ping-pong table? Yeah, we are in yes, the... Yes, we do, are in the hall. We, are, we, we do have a ping-pong table down here, but it sounds like you've already uh, diagnosed his injury, um, and it sounds like it's related to the back, which you've complained about a n- number of times. All this guy does is complain. Also, Yeah, but I mean, it, I think also was the result... I mean, I, I flew back from Europe on Saturday, so it was like eight and a half, nine hours in the plane in an uncomfortable seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I also think that maybe that might have been when I loused up my back right. and then tried to run the very next morning. Which I think is, you know, that's something I see all the time. And with my office down on K Street, um, I'm seeing a lot of people that are working internationally and, and the long flight is just devastating. It puts a lot of stress on your back. It actually kind of ties into, you know, another topic that we can talk about, which is recovery, because I think that's sort of a scenario of you get off the plane, you're stiff, 
next day you feel better you're like i'm fine just let's go do this and that's kind of what i see in the clinic very commonly is that people will come back from a race too quickly because they get a few days after a marathon they're feeling fine and literally they're out running workouts and it's, too soon. Yeah. 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 And I think yeah. that's it speaks to one of the greatest challenges for any runner, which is know when to say when. But too often runners base that measure on how they feel. So, you know, if they feel fine, everything must be recovered. They must be if somebody's pain free, they assume problem has gone away in the clinic. I don't always see it that way. I think problem has just kind of settled down. It's a perfect time to really address the problem, but um, usually it's followed by, you know, more training, which so, just kind of digs them into so a how do you So how are you going to know when, when you're ready to get back at it and go into it full bore? Good question. I mean, I think, you, I think that's one of those things you just have to sort of figure out on your own by experience. And I think of, you know, because it, it's, di- it's different. You know, think about somebody who's racing for three hours mm-hmm. versus somebody who's racing for six hours. It takes time to get over that. I think that, you know... I guess you look at what professionals do. Mm-hmm. Look at Ryan Hall. Not that you know. You Robert, have to, ha- Robert has worked on Ryan Hall well, before. Well, you have to respect what the guy has achieved. You know, he's had a lot of struggles of late, but you know, there I've read about his recovery after a marathon has taken a couple of weeks off, not right. running at all. And so I think too often people are trying to come back to it because it's social. It's a way to you know work off stress. I mean, it's all these positive things. Um, but guilty right here. Very yeah, guilty. Yes. Yeah. 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 What stress do you have in your life? You have the easiest life of, of anybody I know. Getting you to edit Holy this cow. podcast. That's yeah. the biggest one. Oh, my God. That's yeah. stress in my life. That's why I need to go for a run. I know. Well, actually, so one question, a third question mm-hmm. that I like to ask in the clinic is what else do you do besides running? So when you talk about, you know, back stuff, I think people, it's a very common problem. People just don't have as much of a routine for their back. I love to, especially triathletes, I love to ask triathletes, well, what else do you do besides bike, run, and and swim? Because my feeling is with triathlon, as well as endurance running and competitive running, is you have to do more than just that one thing um, to stay healthy. So. I, I agree. And I actually, Docs, I feel like you were at your best when you were doing like P90X and all this core yeah. stability. Oh, yeah, and- for sure. And you you bagged that recently. <laughs> I'm blowing up his spot here. So it's probably because he's got too much time. He's too much busy editing the podcast for us. No, but I, I agree with you there. I think a lot of the the fact the the reason why I've been able to stay healthy is consistency over time and continuing to. Now you talk about taking some breaks. I I get that. I'm with you. But it's doing the core stability stuff. I also think like a lot of our college friends, they took big gaps of time off and then they try to get back into it. And I believe for me, I just think I've never really stopped since college. And I've been very fortunate that I've been able to do that and been resilient enough to do that. But don't you think that's a big factor too? I think so. I mean, I think back to the comment about people getting injured and usually there's something different a lot of times it's after a long break people are coming back and thinking about their glory days yeah racing out at uh schaefer farms and uh (laughs) 
and then they come back and they, you know, they get a little bit of fitness and then they start, you know, ripping through workouts. So, yeah, I, I think there is something to that. So, I, I mean, I just implore our listeners to, when, when, you know, I, because there are big life events that happen. You have a kid, you get married, you know, you start a new job. You know, if you can somehow keep the running kind of consistent throughout that, when your life does settle down, it's a lot easier to continue because a lot of times, a lot of our friends, life settles down and then all of a sudden they can't get back out there because they're hurt. So, or they're plus 20 or they're plus, yeah, or they're plus 20 pounds or so. And then it's, I appreciate you guys not bringing that up earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But what, what was your experience? I mean, you went through a phase where you were consistently working out, um, doing strength training. Yeah. I mean, it was, it made a huge difference in my marathon time. I plateaued, you know, about five years ago and you know, I, I I bettered my time from 252 to uh, 242. Brag much? <laughs> uh, you could have said, "Hey, it improved my time by 10 but, minutes." But it improved my time. <laughs> Is that a good point? <laughs> but it did improve my time because I felt like I was doing the the other things, and I was more effective in my workouts, uh, more effective in staying together throughout the long runs. So I think it made made a huge difference where mm. I, I never really trusted or believed in that um, before. So it wasn't like your race day uniform going to singlets that no, trimmed no, off that no. 10 minutes it wasn't getting some flats or you know compression split socks no, no, or, or shorts <laughs> yeah compression socks or shorts actually yeah. it was a funny story when uh we ran philadelphia marathon together in classic farley style we decided to meet at the start line yeah i think you were late or somehow we uh, of course we didn't connect yeah right. and then you came up behind me right um and we were going to run together, yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah. so I just started. I'm like, okay, sure. fine. He'll he, find me, yeah, whatever. whatever. No, yeah. I just thought, oh, you didn't. Oh, no show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not you would find me. I'm like, he bailed. Classic. Yeah. So the funny thing was that you came up behind me. You did find me. I do remember this. And you came up behind me. You're like, yeah, it's kind of thought that was you but when i saw the guy wearing the like nike compression shorts i'm like he would never That's do not that him. yeah no. exactly he's more of a long shorts guy like i am docs <laughs> yeah okay clam diggers uh, but hey you know i was really i was all in on that 255 259 when did you guys run philly together a couple times actually i think uh in 2011 12 or I don't know somewhere yeah. around there yeah it might have been 11 I think because I ran he ran New York with me in 2011 okay and and then he ran Philly I thought he ran Philly with you right afterwards yeah okay. I could right. be I could yeah be I wrong think that's that. right yeah that's but right. Uh, I was gonna say that what he learned because he learned something when he ran New York with me was that he needed to get a, a longer life battery for his <laughs> iPhone right because he was tweeting and 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 exactly. texting the whole time yeah yeah, that's yeah. just there's something sort of humiliating about <laughs> yeah. that, right? Yeah. You're like dying, and he's he's sending he's, out tweets. You he's know, running over and taking video of the band <laughs> playing at mile thirteen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Back and forth across. Yeah, the he's run a fifty k by the time mm-hmm. you get to the end of the race. Yeah, I, I liken it to running with a golden retriever on the trail, <laughs> yeah. who's just yeah. like constantly scenting a, a a deer or something. Yeah, exactly. And then, but the sad thing was that as I sort of got towards the end of the race, and I'm just I'm like kicking the ground because I'm just not going to hit that goal. Um, and in fact, walking through aid stations and he's still, it's like the agony of defeat, you know, the, yeah. the, the guy's coming down the ski ramp and his skis are just off to, so he's tweeting out my demise, which yeah, I, I did on live some tweet level, his race. Yeah. 
I, I felt I, I'd, I'd called that um, the fastest marathon while t- while tweeting, um, and I, I I haven't heard anybody who's done faster than mm-hmm. three. We did two fifty nine. I thought that was the fastest that people have done. Yeah. Yeah, I don't no, know. I, I've yet to yet to find a faster one. Interesting that that he took such uh, joy in you failing to re- reach your goal because <laughs> I also didn't reach my goal in my marathon. And when we hit my target time, he wa- he asked if we wanted to go to a bar to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, ruthless. I, yeah. Well, any, if that's any, what any, friends are for, any, right? Yeah, right. So. If anybody's interested in me running a marathon with them, you can uh, tweet us at Pace the Nation. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm, I'm for hire. Um, their, 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 their experiences are, aren't necessarily going to be your experiences. So yeah, right. it's like investing. <laughs> right? History is not a predictor of uh, future performance. Future, exactly. <laughs> no, but it was fun. I mean, yeah. actually I went back to Philly just to, I think maybe, to, uh, I don't know, a year or two later, just because I had to get that monkey off my back. Yeah. Because, you know, there's nothing like hitting a tight spot in a marathon and having to walk and, you know, and feeling disappointed. And marathoning is just so, it's just so it's brutal. unforgiving. Oh, it is, yeah. Because when you do the math and you think, okay, well, I, I scored a 99 instead of a 100 <laughs> and you're upset about that, it's actually kind of silly. And you only but, get this one shot to do it. You're never going to yeah. get the test again. Was there something particular about the course in Philly that, that uh, you, you went back there rather than doing another marathon? Well, just no. I mean, I just went back there just because um, I was, uh, I don't know, I just I felt like it wasn't as good of an experience as it could have been. And I raced a much smarter race. I didn't go faster, but I, I felt better about running You were finishing race. and not walking at the end, which is great. Right. I mean, yeah. like the um, some of those, you had made the observation. It's like you, I think it takes a certain amount of experience to kind of learn how to race a marathon distance and, and manage your energy throughout. Right, Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And so even though I didn't finish faster, I just, I ran a smarter race. I, I finished a lot stronger and I, I don't know if I ran a negative split, but I, I was the king of a positive split. So I didn't <laughs> think that I possibly could have run a negative split. Right. That was something. So, uh, no, yeah. and, and it makes a huge difference having that sort of, uh, good experience and feeling good when you finish and giving it, you know, most you, everything you got, but not necessarily walking at the end is a huge difference. You earned that T-shirt yeah. <laughs> and medal, right? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. We're here with uh, Robert Galanders. Uh, th- thanks for uh, hosting us at your place, man. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry we didn't get uh, docs on the uh, ping pong table, but I feel like we've got uh, some good resolution on your, your injury. You, you got any other questions on your IT band, docs? Um, I'll wait till the mics are off. Okay. Yeah, right. I was going to say, there will be a to-be-continued about gonna, that one. He's going to hit, hit us up. Um, if you could, if you could give us like five of the things to look out for or the five tips uh, to stay injury-free, if you had to give us five, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Not four, not six. Just five. Sure. Yeah, no problem. I mean, I could just default to the things that I commonly talk about in the clinic and and that actually raises a good point. It doesn't need to be something that's super elaborate. Okay. I think that fundamentally you look at running as far as staying injury free, a lot of the muscles that are important for doing that are not specifically targeted with running. And that's that's sort of the the hang up with a lot of runners. They assume if they're running, you know, thirty, forty, fifty miles in a week, then why should they need to do anything more than that? Right. So 
I would say. So it's doing some sort of cross training or, you know, well, so I'd say number, yeah, I would say number one, I okay. would look at um, being targeted with some strength training. Okay. And I think, you know, once you establish a base of that, you could do that a couple times a week. So okay. it doesn't need to be something super elaborate. Um, the, the topic of core strength was mentioned earlier. Yeah. So that's one good target. You know, hip strength now is, I think it's become so commonplace to talk about the importance of glute and hip strength that that's not news to the listeners. Right. But I would say those are two good targets. I think that one important concept is there's there's certain things about running that you need to have a certain amount of mobility slash flexibility. It's, it's non-negotiable. So having mm-hmm. good flexibility around your hips and around your ankles are really really vital because if you think about it when you're running you're moving over top of your leg when it's on the ground you want to have that be sort of an unimpeded process so i would say commonly i see people being very stiff in their hips it makes sense they're sitting all day those muscles are shortened it's important to target that area so making sure you have good mobility at your hips and your ankles. So that's stretching. So you got, you got strength training. He's looking for a list, remember? (laughs) Right. Okay. So that's two. Yeah. 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 Okay. So in, in, in in the stretching and the, yeah, I totally agree with you with the hip mobility. And is that happening before the run, after the run, both? Right. I think that I would probably target that more after the run. I think that okay. doing some things where you're doing kind of a, you know, an active warm up makes sense before the run. But there's there's enough out there on stretching that says that stretching something, especially vigorously before runs, probably going to have a performance deficit. Okay. Um, so doing it after the run when it's warmed up um, is probably the better spot. You know, and if you think about it in terms of improving flexibility, you know, to stretch a muscle takes time. You need to sort of hunker into a stretch and hold it there for an extended period of time to expect the muscle to kind of like what Farley's doing I'm, right I'm, now I'm, for yes, whatever I'm, reason. Yes, <laughs> stretching yes. right now, actually, it's he's just reminding me, and I do have mm-hmm. some some kind of like hamstring hip stuff that I'm trying to work out. So yeah. you would Again, you would recommend just hanging out with friends and just <laughs> yes, yeah, put that exactly. put that leg up on a bench like yeah, this yeah, and, right. and stretch right. it out. Sorry, it was a little awkward. Hey, Sorry. We take uh, you know everybody's welcome at the hall. You know that's what we call the basement here. If you want to put your leg up on a bar stool and go into some lunging stretch, wearing short shorts, be my guest. All right, I won't do the other leg then. Fine, go ahead. Give us number three. Uh, okay, say so one stretch, strengthen. Number three, I guess just train smart. I mean, you know, the majority of injuries that I see in the clinic are related to overtraining. And so coming back from an extended period of time off too quickly, ramping up too quickly, ramping up not not only mileage but intensity. I mean, all these things are are very avoidable. You know, it's like, you know, this past winter we had a lot of funky weather. Yep. cold weather and people all of a sudden are training they never run on a treadmill all of a sudden they're running on a treadmill right. exclusively I mean, right. these things you just have to be smart about it so smart training and i guess you know listen to your body i mean it's it's cliche but so many times people come in and they've had a problem for weeks and it's been painful and you know but they're just trying to soldier through they're so goal-oriented they, they don't want to come off of their schedule um, so I just think if you do these types of things and you, you can nip a problem early, 
um, you know, you can get through it and, and cycle through it much more quickly than if you let the problem linger around and, and it's just going to take a longer time to, so, to work out. So he's got three and four there. It was mm-hmm. three was, uh, I do love my list. Yeah, what's, what was three on his list, Farley? Three was don't uh, ramp up too quickly. Train smart. I train think smart. Said, yeah. And number four is listen to your body. I think mm-hmm. those are those mm-hmm. are. Uh, 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 Two more good ones. So you got strength, stretching. Yep. You've got uh, don't ramp up too quickly. Train smart. Train smart. <laughs> and then you've got <laughs> listen to your body. Listen to your body. Okay. okay. And then number five, the grand finale. And it's we, most Docs, important we, we, we put them on the spot one. here. I yeah, know. right. We, right, we right, put right. them on the spot. Yeah. No, actually, I would say one thing that I see people uh, tripping over in the clinic is this, and we talked about don't it earlier. Don't trip over things. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> don't trip over your don't laces. Trip over stuff. <laughs> Um, is the concept of recovery. I mean, you know, okay. and all these things really tie together. Um, in D.C., what I think is a common problem is people, um, especially I, I see a lot of being on K Street and I see a lot of um, lawyers and yep. they, they tend to work just incredible hours, you know, where they're working for 18 hours. I mean, I had one one person told me that she was sleeping at the firm that she was working until whatever and then she would just sleep under her desk and under then, the desk yes and <laughs> and just, start over just get her a couch right Come right, on, firm. right. <laughs> but but and then somebody's trying to train while yeah. sustaining that and you know i think i tell people hey if you're not getting adequate rest you know x number of hours of sleep you're just you're you can do it i'm not saying you can't do it but it's like you're on a path that's not sustainable and I think that's what you were talking about Absolutely. is like, hey, how do you get on the right path of sustainable training for years, not yeah. weeks or months? And so I just think if you're – and it comes down to just being – I don't know. I mean it's like almost respecting the process. Like right. you can't cheat. You can't fake. You can yep. cheat in your 20s, and we right. certainly did it in our teens. Yep. But it's like when you get to your 30s and 40s, and on up, it's like you just can't cheat anymore, and and then and that's what or in people, our case, late twenties. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. People come in to, to me frustrated because they said, "Hey, you know, I used to be able to do X, Y, and Z. You know, run this time, run this distance, and be quote unquote fine." And now they can't do that. And it's funny, but if you think about it, it's like you a decade will pass and you're training the same way. Right. You know, it's like the process needs to tra- to change over time. And um, and I think if you stick to those five rules, I <laughs> guarantee great. that, that you great. are likely to be something. Uh, yeah, you're going to be. Can you, can you sum that last one up into something that Farley can write no, on? No, I, 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 I thought he, it was rest. I think mm-hmm. rest was, you know, don't sleep under your desk at at the the firm. Yeah, don't sleep on it. Yeah, <laughs> I think I, Which, that one really resonated. No, but I say that's some sort of rest. That is, right. That I mean, rest. I think I would actually alter that and say, recovery includes, um, you know, rest. Sleep is important, um, but it also includes nutrition. And I know yeah. it's sort of. One of these well, buzzes. Like we're getting on number six. Here. No, that's yeah, fine. No, no, but you know, I think that it's amazing. You know, these these people come in and say, especially the female athlete. I mean, nutrition is incredibly important for the female athlete in their twenties, thirties, and above. And they're coming in. You know, they don't. You know, they don't eat real food. They're like sustaining their diet on power bars or right. something. It's just 
you know, it's just not for me. It's like now I start to feel that if I've I've had a good night's sleep, I've had a, you know a string of proper you know meals, nutrition, yeah. etc., or staying hydrated. I mean, these things are you know you hear hear them. It's like you just laugh about it, but then you, you realize years later you're like, oh, that guy actually that. had yeah. something <laughs> exactly. there. All so. right, docs. We got the list. Number one was strength training. Mm-hmm. Number two. You're asking me? I'm, well, you think it's stretching. <laughs> well, it, it is stretching. Okay, well, yeah. and you're right. N- number number three is... In no particular in order. In no particular order, yeah. And, and we really, uh, guys, we, uh, people listening, we really put them on the spot here. So okay, train smart, train, number three. Train smart, smart, number three. Number four... Listen to your body, dude. Listen to your body. Come on, man. <laughs> I was stretching down. throughout. I, I, yeah, so yeah. I, I wasn't, That's when uh, you were in down yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah. You missed it. <laughs> I did. You were so far away from the mic. <laughs> and then number five was getting adequate rest. And mm-hmm. then number five B was uh, nutrition, hydration. So mm-hmm. all good all and good five tips. five C, have fun. I mean, have come fun on. It's yeah. got to come yeah, down. Gotta, you got to yeah, have we do have a good. This. Yeah, we do have a good time. When we meet for runs, if I run with docs or I run with – Gee, uh, yeah, we have we have a good time, and that makes a huge difference. It does. If you can laugh your way yeah. through a tempo run, you know it's a good day. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, again, you know, we put them on the spot here. So uh, I think those are all good tips. I mean, they're all kind of like common sense, common sense common stuff. Sense. But it really, yeah. it, it, you know, when at the end of the day, it really is uh, what makes the difference. So. Um, those are, I, I think I, I will take those and I, I will use them as the Bible and I won't be injured again. <laughs> no, but if I am, I'm going to see this guy. He's uh, Robert Galanders. He's at Sports and Spinal. And uh, he'll get back. He, you can start running again two days after you see him. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. I promise right. that. That's not promise. <laughs> later, 48 hours later, you're not running. Uh, Money back guarantee. Right? That's right. <laughs> no, let's <laughs> not. But that was Doc speaking. That wasn't G. Uh. All right, so that's Robert Galanis. Robert, yeah, that's, that you need to honk the uh, clown horn. <laughs> <laughs> when you edit this one, honk the clown horn. Then. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for thanks for joining yeah, us. Well, I've had a great time. We'll have to get you in again on the show uh, sometime soon. That's Robert Galanders. I'm with William E. Docs. We're in D.C. We're going to take a break, and we're going to be back with Joanna, and we're going to close out the show right after this. Thanks again to Robert Galanders for sitting down with Docs and I. Sorry that again that Joanna was not there. We're always better as a team, but uh, I think the interview went well. Yeah, but Joanna, you probably weren't even allowed there because it was a it was kind of a man cave. A man cave. Yeah, and I think there was a sign on the door that said "No girls allowed." Yeah, there was. So I, do. I don't think you, it was probably for the best that you had traffic because then we didn't have to have that awkward conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I remember his wife Julie uh, was trying to walk down into the the man cave and. She got denied. Yeah, she had to. She she brought drinks and she had to throw them down the stairs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but no, thanks again to Robert. Uh, good interview. Uh, good tips. If you're injured, go and see our buddy Robert Galanders. All right, let's get to our tweets of the week. Really appreciate everybody tweeting us at Pace the Nation on Twitter. Uh, we do love to interact and hear your uh, feedback on the show. Our top tweets, and then we're going to get to actually the tweet of the week. Counting down to the tweet of the week. <laughs> Let's do it. Number three here. Ooh, I, I don't think these are in any particular order. Only no. the last one. <laughs> Only the last one. Yeah. Uh, Mike Katz, the cats are said, at Pace the Nation, Edison Bulbs, and the Wild, at Cup and Bar, Portland. 
and he tweeted us a picture of some very fashionable Edison bulbs. I guess Edison bulbs are always fashionable, though. They are. They're very trendy. Yeah. And I, I love it when our listeners tweet us pictures of Edison bulbs in the wild. That's awesome. Yeah. If anyone wants to make dogs really happy, just <laughs> just send Edison bulb pictures. Whatever. Wherever you Amazing. see them. Yeah. Easy to place. Easy. In the wild, tamed, whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, good to hear from Chris Jedden. It's at Chris underscore Jedden. Nice episode of Pace the Nation, but try not to leave William E. Docs off so much. Otherwise, I'll reach out. And propose a spinoff podcast. What do you think the spinoff podcast would be about? Because right now I'm thinking it would be about Edison Bowles. <laughs> well, we're cur- currently in negotiations, and I'm not privy to speak about the uh, content at this time. Oh, man. All right. And our tweet of the week was from Michael P. Miller at Mac O. Michael. He said, Pace Nation waiting for the day. All run Pacer stores have a single Edison bulb for... The loyal to pilgrimage to for a pick. Uh, hashtag make it happen. Yeah. What's the progress on that? Uh, well. I think that's a brilliant I idea. I talked to a design team. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they will be they will be totally fine with it. Mm-hmm. We do have a, an Edison bulb or two, I think, in our latest uh, 14th Street store. I know Joanna's Clarendon store probably is slated for a few Edison bulbs. I hope so. Or they will be now. Uh so, uh, yeah, we'll have to talk to your design teams and uh, make sure that uh, all uh, five of our area D.C. stores have, this, have the Edison bulbs and our Princeton store as well. But, Michael, thank you for tweeting in. You get a $20 gift card to Pacers. I'll, we will direct message you and uh, organize how to get that uh, gift card to you. So, Dax, we do have an exciting announcement we want to get to. Oh, 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 wait. Bef- okay. Before we do that one, can I make an announcement? Yes, yes please do. <laughs> um, okay, so I just wanted to say that my brother ran his first 5K. Brother Russo. Michael. Yeah. Michael. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Sibling, yeah. Yes. Michael, first 5K. Awesome. I hope we, Congrats. Had, we, we had a hand in inspiring him to get out there and do it. Well, he was actually a little upset that he didn't get to be on the podcast because he really <laughs> wanted a podcast bump. Oh, that's true. that doesn't work for your first ever because <laughs> it's automatically a, a, a PR. We'll get him on, and then he's going to uh, he'll probably blow it away, and then everybody's going to expect like the ten minute P, the mm-hmm. ten minute PR like he got. So we got to be careful about when we get him on. Maybe. Is this the same brother who found maple water? Uh, it is. He actually sent us some maple water. Nice. Oh wow. man. Where do you get maple water? Where do you find maple water? Well, I think it's pretty prevalent. Oh, really? When I'm you're just not looking for it. <laughs> well, I mean, when you're up by the Canadian border, I don't okay. know. There's a lot of maple syrup up there. All right. So that's right. He's they they top their own maple syrup. Okay. Well, thank you, um, Michael Russo, for uh, the maple water that uh, Joanna will bring to the next podcast to share with us. Maybe. And the binge listening. And for binge listening, yeah, I think he plowed through like all 15 episodes or 14 episodes in a row and then... In like two days. Wow. All right. Well, if you got friends out there, I think that's a, a good way to listen. If they, ha- if they haven't heard about the podcast, you know, let them know that um, our, our guy, Michael Russo, got through them in two days, so mm-hmm. they could as well. Yeah, so the record, the bar's been set. Yeah, exactly. Well, before we get to the exciting announcement, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area locations. Pacers Running is for every run. Five area locations, Docs. Yeah. Uh-huh. I didn't say anything. I know, you didn't. 
All right. I'm in your head. Right, you. <laughs> we have a very exciting announcement. Uh, drum roll, please. It's the Pace the Nation Happy Hour. So nice. the Pace the Nation Happy Hour is officially happening next Wednesday, August 19th at 6 p.m. And it's going to be at? Um, El Centro. El Centro. Which one? On 14th Street. 14th Street. So right next to our 14th Street store. Right next Where there to is a Edison bulb, I believe. Right, right. So you can see the Edison bulb. Have a drink. Take a picture of the Edison bulb. Take a picture. Take a selfie with the Edison bulb. Take a selfie with the Edison yeah. bulb. Yeah, that could be a... Uh, well, we don't want to give give ideas away that would win Tweet of the Week, but that one, <laughs> that one could have a strong potential. But not that I, we already gave you the idea, so... Come up with something creative with the Edison bulb. You could be a, a but don't break of, the, it. of the tweet of the week. Exactly. But don't break it. And don't steal it. Thanks again to Robert Galanders, physical therapist at Sports and Spinal in D.C. for joining us today. Enjoyed sitting down with him. Thank you guys for listening. Good show, guys. Is that episode 16 in the back? I believe so. I hope so. Hope it recorded. Please, please, please. Because I'm not sure we can come back again tonight. Oh, we're going to check it before I, <laughs> before we all leave. All right. That's William E. Dox. And for Joanna E. Russo, I'm Chris Farley. We'll see you next week. <laughs>